And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 91. Your host, TJ Savara, joined alongside me back on the podcast, Commissioner Brandon Kurtzman, my father, Tommy Savaro. Kurtzman, how are we doing today, brother? Oh, uh, we're good, man. Just got home from the in game and uh, ready to quickly go over these games, give the people some content, and uh, looking forward to a huge slate of games this Sunday. Dad, how you feeling? Tired. <laughs> Tired. We're, we're recording. We are recording at 1 a.m. right now. But uh, without, with that being said, we're going to make this a fairly quick podcast. Since me and Mork really kind of already talked about these games, um, we're going to uh, kind of just give our picks and go through it. Kurtzman, do we have anything to talk about before uh, before we start this year? Um, back at Rebels Field, games start 9 a.m., go all the way through 2 o'clock. Um, actually, starting at 2 o'clock, last games end at 3. Um, clean up your trash, and let's have a good day. All right, let's get started with these games right here. The 9 o'clock slate, 9 a.m. at Rebels Field. Wyoming against Florida. Dad, I'll start with you. Where are you going with this one? Wyoming. <laughs> You're taking Wyoming? Yep. Why? They are the best team in the league. They're your number one in your power ranking? Yes, they are. Kurtzman? Yeah, I'm taking myself, obviously. Um, we're ready to get back out there. It's been two weeks too long. Um, I think we have a roster mismatch here. I have Mike and Pat showing up this week, so it's going to be fireworks. All right, I am also taking Wyoming, like I said in the previous podcast. Let's move on to the next 9 a.m. game, Oregon against Dartmouth. Very good game here. Kurtz, where are you leaning? Um, Oregon playing three games in this day. This is the first one, which could be their biggest challenge. Um, I'm rolling with Dartmouth here. I think Joe probably healthy with a two-week layoff. Um, I think they have a, a, a mismatch on the line. I think they can dominate this game in the trenches. And I think that Dartmouth is rolling right now, and I don't know who else can stop them. Dad, where are you going? I'm going Dartmouth also. Joe's playing really well. Uh, and I like the matchup. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Dartmouth as well. I think just because we had a little week off, people might be forgetting how good this team has been. I'm going to take Dartmouth, even though I think this has game of the week potential and is going to be a very good game. Let's move on to the 10 a.m. slate. FSU, Florida State against Florida. Dad, where are you leaning? FSU. Defense is tough, but secondary Justin back there, Augie. You know, Augie, you know, either playing secondary or playing the line, uh, dominates both the both, uh, – Secondary hand and defensive line, so I'll go with uh, FSU on this one. Um, I think Florida State's defense does a really good job at flag grabbing, and that's one thing that you have to be very good at to beat Florida. Um, Jarrah going to be running all over. Justin's probably going to move up into the the. I would assume Justin moves up from safety into more of a middle linebacker role just to be closer to the line of scrimmage in this one. But uh, I'm going to roll with Florida State. I'm also taking Florida State in this game. Let's move on to the next 10 a.m. game. Alabama against TCU, two teams fighting for their lives in this game. Kurtzman, I'm going to start with you. I know. Are you having some uh, mic difficulties over there? Am I having mic difficulties? Yeah, every. I feel like you, you keep hitting your mic. It's making the scratching noise. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm, rolling, I'm rolling with Alabama here. Um, I think Dev was very impressive last week. Um, I think Emmerich had a, a three touchdown game from Emmerich. If they bring that kick key Sean back to replace Abby for the rest of the season, he's a, a dynamic playmaker on both sides of the ball. And I think that TCU is absolutely reeling and doesn't have a lot of life in them right now. Eric so, is out this week, right? Um, Eric is out this week, I believe, which makes me even more love my Alabama pick. So I'm rolling Alabama. That 
Yeah, with Eric out, I'm going to go with Alabama. I, I like the way they, they played last game. Uh, I w- if Eric did play, I would run with veterans over uh, kind of like rookies. But uh, being that Eric's out, I, I got to go with Alabama. Um, I'm going to take Dylan to get a QB win in this one. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to take Dylan him on this dying one. dying for a QB win. He give is me. Give me. Uh, give me. Give me TCU in this one. I'll take that. I'll. I'll grab. I'll grab a game against you guys here. I think. Uh, I think TCU has a a better chance in this game if they switch up what they're doing on the offensive line. I'm sure call it how it is. Get Matt Ballow off the offensive line. He doesn't need to be playing in the trenches. <laughs> give me a big game from Ballow and a W for. TCU. <laughs> well, not in the no reason to play. No reason to play center. Kid should not be playing center. All right, eleven a.m. slate. Dartmouth against Purdue. Kersman, start us off. Starting with going to keep rolling with Dartmouth. They're going to get to seven one on the season. They're going to have a big matchup with me next week. I don't think they're looking forward. Um, I think they're going to stick to the task. Go get two and zero on the day. Um, Purdue. I just hope they can real uh, get put a good 40 minutes together and Deshaun's just out there having fun. So um, I'm rolling with Dartmouth. Dad. Uh, like I always said, tough uh, playing the second game yeah, and a doubleheader, a little sluggish, uh, but uh, I'm going to roll with Dartmouth also. I'm also taking Dartmouth in this game. Next 11 a.m. game, Oregon against Blue Mountain State. Kurtzman. You guys like how TJ is getting almost no insight on these games. Um, I mean, I already did, I already did my thing on these on these games. I'm I'm, I'm kidding. Relax. What do you want me to say? I already said it. I already, we already um, posted it last week. Oregon, Oregon versus Blue Mountain State. Uh, Oregon's second game of the day. They'll have a they'll have a, a break in between the two. Blue Mountain State will have two games. This is the first of their two. Um, I think Oregon will pull this one out. BMS, yeah, they got their win against Alabama last week to kind of keep their season alive, but. I haven't really been impressed with them all season long. Finn just looks a little off to me all season. Um, Oregon, if they do lose, like we all predict them to lose in the first game, they're going to be very hungry to make sure they are going into the third game of the day, one and one. Um, so I'm going to roll with Oregon. I'm also taking Oregon in this one. Um, the fact that they're playing three games in the day is crazy. But I they think – it. Yeah, it's cr- crazy. But I do think that uh, – I like where, they, where they've been at, and I explained on the last part. I, I like where they're at way more than I like where Blue Mountain State is currently at, so I'm taking Oregon. Yeah, same reasons I'll go with uh, Oregon. All right, let's go to the next game, 12 o'clock slate. Alabama against Ole Miss. I'll start. I'm rolling with Tommy Galante. Um, I talked about it on the podcast, how uh, – Kurtz, we've talked about this too, how Alabama needs to go 3-0 and really the rest of the way to even have a chance to get to the playoffs here. I got them at 0-2 right now. Um, this just might be the dagger in the heart game, and uh, I'm taking I'm taking Ole Miss. Yeah, no, I, I picked Alabama to get a big win earlier in the day. They'll have an hour off to prepare for Ole Miss. Um, uh, Tommy's a tough guy to stop. If Tom, if the Ole Miss team shows up and Paulie's back and playing well, then I'm definitely gonna roll with Tommy. Um, he had a went 0 and 2 last time we were out there in a doubleheader, so I expect a, a bounce back performance from Ole Miss. Still, my thought I was going to say the same thing. They dropped two. I don't yep. see them dropping three in a row. They're too good of a team. Tommy's too good a quarterback. I'll roll with Ole Miss. All right, let's go to the other 12 o'clock game. Texas Tech versus MSU. This one is a little bit different now with uh, Billy playing quarterback this week, correct? Um, yes, Billy is back playing quarterback. Okay, so I think I took Texas Tech last game. Um, I mean, I think I took Michigan State. I'm going to stick with my Michigan State pick. Um, I, I just, you know, I keep picking against them and they keep winning. So for those reasons, I'm going with Michigan State, Kurtzman. 
Um, I think that this is this has game of the week potential. Um, I think this could be a game where we're expecting a lot of fireworks, but I could expect Michigan State to have a really good defensive game plan. Um, I think Sam Allen is one of the smartest guys in the league in terms of making sure his team is prepared and ready to go. Um, they're fired up. I imagine haven't played in two weeks as most of us haven't. And I'm going to roll with Michigan State. I, 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 if Texas Tech wins this game, I won't be shocked, but I'm rolling with Michigan State. Man, every time I pick Texas Tech in a big game, they, they disappoint me. Uh, I think that MSU has a, a really tough team all around. I think their line play is great and providing everyone plays. I think they got the edge. So I'm going to go with MSU. Um, one thing I want to say about Michigan State, um, I was looking at the stats, which should be up on the um, the Twitter and the Instagram tomorrow. Um, in games in which Sam Allen doesn't really turn the ball over, they win. So the game kind of comes down to Sam and both of Michigan State's losses, he's turned the ball over two times or more. So just look. Stat. What? It's an interesting stat. Yeah, so, like, he had two interceptions against my team. He had three against uh, Georgia, and those are his only two losses on the season. So, if Sam takes care of the ball, they should come out there and get a win. Their defense is going to be a lot for uh, Tex Tech's offense to handle, and Billy could be running a lot in this one. All right, we're all on Michigan State. Uh, this next game I'm looking at right now, Kurtzman, Michigan State. Oh, wait, State. wait. Change it up, change it up. The 1 o'clock game is now LSU against Blue Mountain State. LSU versus Blue Mountain State. Yes, not Michigan State. Michigan wow. LSU asked if they could play double header well, this week. This, in Michigan game, State. this game would basically be um, Blue Mountain State. They're fighting for their lives here. Well, if they do, yeah. I mean, Blue Mountain State needs to win most of the games. At worst, needs to go two and one the rest of the way. Um, we all picked them to lose in the yeah. eleven o'clock game to Oregon, which would put them at two and five. Um, yeah, this would be a game in which both these teams, LSU and BMS, would be fighting for their lives. LSU three and four, and if BMS loses, they'd be two and five. So if LSU, if BMS were to make the playoffs, they would have to win this game because you would need the tiebreaker over LSU, who stands right in front of them in the standings. Um, I hope that LSU comes into this one knowing that this is the game they need to win because they play do play Georgia right after this at two o'clock. So I think they'll be way more focused for this one and hopefully not looking ahead. I hate to have the Vingariano going 0-2. Um, they have a lot of talent on the team, but <sighs> I'm rolling Blue Mountain State. I'm rolling Blue Mountain State. This is I was going to take them too, Chris, and I'm going to take no. them too. This is the reason why. Yeah, because I agree with your reasoning. I already we, know your reasoning. You already know my reasoning. Vingariano's um, going to give himself Vingargano, a chance going into the last week. Vingariano back against the wall is going to put himself in a position to be make the playoffs in the last week of the season. Yes. Also, I love the off- the defensive line of the Gargano brothers on the defensive line together with Rob Samarco, and they were creating a lot of pressure on Dev. They didn't get there enough, I think. Soaps holds onto the ball a little bit longer than a lot of quarterbacks in this league, so I think there's going to be sack potential for both of them. Um, I like BMS in the secondary also, so let's let's see what uh let's see what the heart of the champions got. Dad, I'll roll soaps. I think uh, they went two out of the last three games, dropping the one game to uh, Christian. Yeah, best team in the league. So you know, uh, I think they 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 do have it put together the formula what they want to do with their team to get them on the right track. Uh, I don't see enough from Blue Mountain State. It's, it shows me that you know what, uh, you know they're ready to go on a roll. Uh, I'm going to go with LSU in this. I'm taking Blue Mountain State for the exact same reasons Kurtzman had them. All right. 
that's good. That's gonna be a really good one. That that's a really good game. All right, one o'clock Texas Tech versus Purdue. Is that correct, Kurtzman? Yes. All right, I'm taking Texas Tech in this one. I think uh big bounce back win for them. What would that put them at in the standings, Kurtzman? They'd be two and five after the Michigan State loss if they lose to Michigan State, which we all predicted they will. Um, they'd get to three and five, which would also put them in a position to make the playoffs. There's going to be one team at the end of the at, at the end of next week that is going to be like the odd man looking out, odd, odd man looking in, I should say. Um, it's going to come down to these these last couple of weeks, and Texas Tech needs to take care of business in the second game if they do indeed lose to Michigan State. So um, I hate to have a team go zero and nine on a season, but I'm going to pick Texas Tech in this one. I'm also taking Texas Tech. Um, I think, you know, like you said, they're going to be playing for their lot for their, you know, for their season here to get into the playoffs. Um, I think Billy's looking at this week right here, get two wins to seal the deal in, in, in the last week of the season. But I'm going to have them going one on one and one on the week. I'm going to take Texas Tech. Yeah, Billy's too good to lose uh, two in a day. I'm going to go with uh, Texas Tech also. All right. Uh, two o'clock game now, Kurtzman. Is this? Yeah, it's uh, all crap. It's LSU versus Georgia. Yeah, it's all crap. Okay. I took Georgia and this last one. Um, if you, if we all think, you know, that you will, we took uh, me and Kurtzman to Blue Mountain State, but I'm assuming you're going to take Georgia in this one. Uh, providing all their players show up, uh, do we know anything different, or do we know I mean, the weather listen, forecast? If it's going to rain and <laughs> don't want to play, to be supposed to be beautiful outside, and I imagine with a two o'clock game, I can't see why they'd miss the game unless I don't. I really don't know. Is um, the COVID protocol? Yeah, I'm assuming everyone's ready to go. I can't speculate that players will miss games. So the first time in weeks we're going to see a full Georgia team. So let's go with Georgia. I agree. I'm taking Georgia. If if they're all not there this week, I think I'm out on them. But yeah. if, if they all show up and they play a really good game against LSU and Sobes, um, possibly coming off of a huge win for them, making that three out of four, if they come out and they play really well against this uh, LSU team, then I think, um, you know, people will have them right where they want it to be at the beginning of the season. If their top players don't show yeah. up, they get Justin again. No, we're not. Oh, no, no, he doesn't play on Georgia. He doesn't play on Georgia. He's not playing for them. Um, Yeah, he's out. Georgia, I'm picking Georgia. I'm expecting all their players to show up and to be the playmaking team in the fast, electric, high-paced offense and high-flying defense that we saw in the first couple weeks of the season. LSU is going to be tired after just playing a game against Blue Mountain State right before that. Um, If Georgia doesn't show up or they have not a lot of players – then I think LSU can come in here and win this game because um, Georgia's not strong on the offensive line, and especially if their players don't show up, then it's a mystery. But assuming everyone shows up, I got Georgia. Dan, we both have Soap to 0-2 this week, making him fight for his life. Not me. I got him at 1-1. Yeah, you got him at 1-1. No, LSU, listen, listen. Also, so, so there's going to be multiple teams who are not playing next week because their season is completed. Okay. LSU season is done after – oh, wait, no. Yes, LSU season is done after this week. So I have what do they have three wins? They would be if we if they go 0 and 2, they will be at three and six. Oh my God. So that Sobes is in a must win in game one. Sobes in a must at least go one and one. I think one and one gets them in the playoffs. 0 and 2, you're gonna need some help from other people. Blue Mountain State plays another game next week. Um some teams do, some teams don't. Ole Miss has another game next week. Oregon season will be done today. Uh this week, it, it's more so because of Mother's Day. I'm trying to, the teams don't are trying to get as many games in today before Mother's Day so that 
we can get in and out early next Sunday, possibly yeah. on Saturday. I'm trying to figure it out, but don't text me about it. We'll talk this week. <laughs> don't text me about it. I've gotten a million texts about it. I'm figuring it out. All right, let's go to the two o'clock slate. Uh, the two, last game of the day, excuse me. Oregon yeah. versus Ole Miss. Wow. This is a really good game. Um, both teams agreed to play this game. They they hit me up and said, "Hey, can we get our last week of the game? In, uh, last game of the of next week's game in this week?" And I said, "If you guys want to do it, you can play at two o'clock." Um, Oregon has a two hour layoff after playing two games already in the day. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to fare for them. Ole Miss has a one hour break in between their game against Alabama and their game against Oregon. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how much energy Oregon has left. And I think the energy level is going to come down to what the results of the first two games are for them. Probably. Um, I think most of us have us. I think we all have them going one and one going yeah. into this game. Um, this is going to be really interesting because these games, the, the playoff tiebreakers are going to come into play, obviously with teams tying at the end of the season. Um, I'm going to roll with Oregon on this one. I think that wow. with one and one, they will have a two hour break to rest, get prepared, figure out any mistakes they need to figure out. Um, without Dane, Ole Miss is a different team. And I think that loss is huge for them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm rolling with Oregon. Suroff is jacked up to be there the entire day from nine to three. And I think that they are going to come out of this day two and one. And with five wins, secure themselves a playoff break with a little bye week before they possibly have to play in a playing game. That, yeah, I have yet to see a team uh, be fresh for game two of a little header. I'm not going with uh, a third game, a fresh yeah. game. I'm going, I'm going with Ole Miss here. That sounds tough. Two games and then a two-hour layoff, and then you got to get back up for a game against a really good team. And you know someone's eating between those games too, so yeah. even more sluggish. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. I'm, I'm rolling on a full stomach for three o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking Ole Miss in this one. That's that's tough. This is gonna be a really good game, though. If this, if both teams are up and ready to go for this one, it should be a uh, a very good one. Yeah, the two o'clock slate is honestly a great slate of two games yeah. i hope that everyone stays and watches the games the, the the league is the best when everyone's on the sidelines gassing people up um and just having a really good time uh hopefully a lot of guys are there it should be a beautiful day on sunday also another thing if you've ever left anything at the field um at any point during the season where either at heavenly or at rebels um we're gonna have the concession stand thing the little clubhouse open and there's going to be a lost and found. Um, my mom's going to be sitting there for a couple hours. So if you think you've lost something over the last couple of uh, weeks, go over there, see if it's possibly there. Obviously, don't take something if it's not yours. Don't be a douchebag. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of all this stuff that's shown in my mom's house right now, and there's a lot of it. So make sure you stop by the concession stand if you have um, lost anything during the season. What pair of glasses there? Sunglasses? Hmm? Did you find any sunglasses? Um, honestly, could be in the bin. I really don't know. Okay. All right, Chris, we have uh, we have stats, correct? Yeah. So I finally got around in my busy schedule to finishing the stats. Um, a lot of interesting things I saw on the stats. Uh, uh new people on the set. I'm gonna just kind of go through some guys on the top of the leaderboards on at some spots. Uh, sack leaders: Damian 14, Suroff 12. John Harnish, a nice name I like to see on the list. Yep. 10 sacks already on the season. 
Douglas and Wiz both have nine. Zach Gilheimer, seven. And they got a bunch of guys with five, a bunch of guys with four. Um, interceptions, Justin has nine. Wow. Completely dominating the league on both sides of the ball. But Liam and Rich Ritter both have four for Dartmouth. Steve Bowen has three. Lacanti three. Uh, Tyson, three. Joe Liotta, three. Pass breakups, Joe Noya. Eight pass breakups leads the league. Nick Santuccio, Mike Gargano, Mikey Freeman, Luca Duccio, Prem, Garland, all with six or five. For tackles, Justin Farrar, 30 tackles leads the league. James Williams, 29. Joe Noya, 22. Pip, 21. Luca Duccio, 18. Um, it's interesting because we'll post them tomorrow, but you'll kind of get to see like which the, the good teams usually have the people that are higher in the tackling because tackling is a huge part of yeah. the football game. Um the offensive categories are kind of dominated by Justin. Justin leads the league in receptions with 30, yards with 443, and he's tied for the league in touchdowns with seven. Cody Noren also tied for the league in touchdowns with seven. Those um, offensive or total defense? Offense. This is offensive. He has defensive touchdowns also, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He has three defense touchdowns also. Um, John Hassert, second in the league in receptions. Joe Pippoli, third nice, with 25. Steve Ruiz with 25, Connor Friel with 25, Nick Douglas 24, Matt Esposito 22, Nick Tompkins 21 um, yards, Justin with 443, Steve Ruiz 347, Mike Body 328, Connor Friel 277. Doesn't surprise me to see two LSU players and Sobs, I'm pretty sure, leads the league in passing yards. Um, Joe Pip 275. Also remember that a lot of people have played only six games, Wyoming and uh, uh, Wyoming and Georgia have only played five games due to the Georgia forfeit earlier in the season. Um, so there's definitely some stats that um, people will have more in now, but they'll kind of level out as the league finishes up next week. Touchdowns, Coy Norton, seven, and Justin, seven, lead the league. Hassert, Spo, Emmerich have six. And then a bunch of people, Pip, Body, Douglas, Tompkins, Giuseppe, Ryan, Rougeau, and Abdul Sakar all have five. Abdul Sakar actually might have he actually has eight total touchdowns. He has three rushing touchdowns. So um, I'm pretty sure he might lead the league in total offensive touchdowns. Um, defense touchdowns-wise, Justin Farrar, three. Pat Reddington, two. Rob Conti two. And then a bunch of people with one. And then for quarterbacks, um, Tommy Gonti leads the league in total touchdowns with 25, uh, 21 throwing, four rushing. Sobes leads the league in receiving yards. Um, not receiving yards, I'm sorry. Passing yards with 1,166. And as I expected, Jarrock leads the league in all-purpose yards with 1,456. Wow. So that's 735 passing, 721 rushing. So um, as I said, I actually was listening back to one of our earlier podcasts to make sure the yards were right. And I said in week one that Jarrock would probably end up leading the league in all-purpose yards. And that, as expected, that happened. Well, nice call by you right there. Yeah, I mean, not really, not really a bold prediction by any means. But yeah, after Week One's rushing performance, I think we all kind of knew that that was going to be something that um, we would see every week. Um, as far as awards go, we, just so you guys know, there's MVP, Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sleeper of the Year, which is somebody who was drafted in the seventh, eighth, or ninth round who well uh, um, outplayed their draft position. Um, a most improved player, which is obviously for somebody who um, got drafted kind of late but and made great strides and was way better than the last time they played in the league. Comeback player of the year for anybody that missed seasons and came back. Trenches award, which is for the best overall lineman on both sides of the ball. And the dog of the year, which 
it's just more of someone that comes, brings heart every week, energy for their team, and makes plays on both sides of the ball. Not necessarily your best player, just someone that you can always rely on to be there, rely on to make plays, and just bring the energy for your team. Very nice, Griffin. Very nice. Nice little rant by you right there. Yeah, no, I felt nice like monologue. You know, it was a nice little monologue. Um, who do you guys think the MVP favorite is off the top of your head? Justin. Uh, listen, I think that I think the stats definitely say Justin. He is dominating on both sides of the ball. Ten touchdowns, which is almost more than I have total on the season, and I play quarterback. So um, Justin is definitely in the lead for MVP. It's going to be. I'm, I'm probably if he wins MVP, I'm probably not going to give him offensive or defensive player of the year, just because I like to get more people awards. Um, he easily been both of those two. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, if he would, if he's MVP, he probably would have won offensive and defensive. Considering looking at his stats, they definitely are amongst they're amongst the leaders in almost every single category. But that's just the player Justin is, and also when you're that caliber, you show up every week and you give 150 percent on every play. That that's going to be the results. Um, I think that you have a chance to win MVP, Kurtzman. You you Joe Piscopo has a chance to win MVP as well. Like if you got if either you guys. If you guys, you know, go into that game without losing, if you win this week and Joe wins this week as well, and you guys go into that final game of the season for the one seed, correct? That game would be for the one seed. For yes, the one seed. Undefeated. Yeah, for, for the one seed. And um, one of you has, like, your Heisman moment, then I think uh, I think it's possible. I think it's possible for you or Joe to win the MVP as well. It sounds like Justin is running away with the other two awards, though. But like you said, if he got voted MVP, I think we would uh, – we would definitely name those awards to other people. That's yeah, um, yeah, just other front runners for other awards that I had listed. Um, offensive yeah, player of the year. Or a Buckus trophy. He just, he just went through every single one oh, you were on your phone. <laughs> Jesus. Um, for MVP, I have me, Justin, Piscopo, Tommy, and Jarrock. Offensive player of the year. Um, Paulie Caldonado, uh, Hasser, Joe Pitt, Mike Body. Defense player of the year, Damian, Wiz, Surov, Douglas, Billheimer. Rookie of the year, people, I got Jarrock, Pat Reddington, Billy D'Amato, Hassert, Steve Ruiz. Comeback player of the year, only people I could think of that hadn't played in the league last year that have having great seasons this year are Bryce Walker and Mike Boddy. Um, sleeper of the year, people, like I said, drafted seventh or below. Guys like Abdul Sakar, Matt Green, Rich Ritter, Rob Conti, John Guzman. Trenches. What's up? What round was Hassard uh, drafted? Hassard was second round pick. Oh, okay. Um, and most improved people, I got Bryce, Rob Bacanti, J.K. Whale, uh, John Harnish. Yeah. Um, yeah, listen, I think we're going to – listen, these – the people I just named are literally just people that while I was on my ride home from the Yan- from Yankee Stadium, I listed people based on stats, how I – basically I watch every single game. I see all this the, – all the films. So, um, I think those are the guys that – are definitely in the running for those awards. There'll be more on Instagram and Twitter. It'll be polls. We'll get more people involved. If I didn't say your name and you think that someone that I didn't say should be recognized possibly for another award, please tweet it to the Twitter or Instagram DM or anything like that. I want to make sure everyone that deserves their fame gets their fame. Um, there is, there are all BDSA first and second teams. Yeah, I was going to say, say that too. Yeah. No, yeah. So, no, as everyone, most people that play in the league, but there's all, always new guys that don't know, but we do for, like a first team all pro. Did we do first, pro. second, and third team last year? Oh, um, really we only did first and 
I, I'm not sure if we did 13 just because I'm not sure if we have like the guys to really fill it out. But with 14 teams this year, we might have to do a third team to make sure we get the guys recognized that deserve to be recognized. Um, we do an all rookie team as well. So there's going to be a lot of awards and a lot of recognition being given out. And I'm really excited to see how these last two weeks of the season go. Some teams are playing as many as three games within the next two weeks and other teams are playing two games this week and then their, se their regular season's over and they may have to just be watching the last week, seeing if they get in and what the results are. So um, I think this is going to be a very interesting two weeks. I think there's so many good games left to be played, a lot of football left to be played and teams that you think are out of it aren't out of it. I think basically everyone except for Purdue still has a chance to make the playoffs. So um, I expect a lot of high energy, high intensity games. Let's keep our heads. Let's remain composed. Let's uh, I'm saying what I say to my team before we play games, um, just not stay composed ball out. And if your team deserves to be in the playoffs, you'll get there. Yeah. All right. Well, very well said Kurtzman. Um, we will see everybody at the field on Sunday, 9 a.m. at Rebels Field, that is. Anything else we have to say before we get out of here? Balls to the wall. If your fucking team needs to get in, you got to lay it all on the line this weekend. I agree 100%. Um, Everyone, thanks for listening. Wait, before, sorry, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off real quick because it's a, it's a short podcast, so I imagine people are still listening. Clean up your fucking garbage. Preach. There, there are multiple trash cans all over the field if you can't find a trash can that means you are not looking clean up your trash i am not your fucking mothers wow sorry <laughs> it, it took me 45 minutes last time to clean up the entire field i'm not trying to do that again all right very well said kurtzman everyone clean up your shit we'll catch you guys at the field sunday peace everybody